0: Welcome to the Mapped Out Money podcast. We help you use your money to do more of what matters. You're listening to episode number 73.
1: And today's episode is brought to you by the Mapped Out Money YouTube channel. Now, uh, admittedly, we have not been uh, as consistent on the YouTube channel last year as we'd like to, but we're turning a big corner in 2022. And uh, we're posting regularly every Saturday. And the YouTube channel is really, uh, you can think of it more as a concise, more teaching, straight to the point version of the types of conversations that we have on this podcast. We would love for you to check that out. Just go search for Mapped Out Money on YouTube and it should come right up.
0: So I really, truly cannot believe that we are recording this episode of the podcast. I know, me neither. And three weeks ago... I would have said that my heart was broken to record this episode, but it's not anymore. I, I feel very good about it. Um, but what are we talking about? We are moving again, <laughs> again. as you saw in the title of this episode. Yeah. And uh,
1: We're selling the house we just bought a year ago, or what, 12, thir- eh, 13, 14 little, months ago? Yeah, yeah. Let's
0: get every month out of that that we can 14 months ago. <laughs> and um. Yeah, it was not, this is not what we planned. No, not
1: at all. To do. Well, I mean, you know, so if you don't know, we bought a house in coastal Alabama, uh, right near the beach that we love, right near the beach that we grew up coming to. And we, we love it. It's a small little town. We love our neighbors. We like the neighborhood that we're in. We love the community. We can walk. It
0: feels very much like the Andy Griffith show. It does. And like, we have um, one of our neighbors in particular. He's just like the best. He's I so mean, awesome. Yeah. yeah. It, like, he'll see us outside working on a project or something, and he'll uh, he'll smoke us some meat and bring it over. And yeah. like, I know y'all have been working hard and wanted you to have some good dinner or whatever. Like, he's just, oh. And it's when awesome. we first started talking about moving, I was like, no, we can't leave Dawn, <laughs> Like... <laughs> we'll never get another don
1: i know he's the best yep he so is. Uh,
0: there have been a lot of emotions that have gone uh, yeah. into this decision for sure cuz we do
1: we love like there's literally nothing about where we moved that we don't like Other except than, for the fact that our family's not here yep
0: yep and turns out that's a that's a deal breaker
1: yeah well i mean if you listen to this podcast you know that family's a co- a big core value of ours it's a big part of of why we use our money the way we use it and what we care about, and how we want to spend our, our time and our money. And ultimately, we learned, as we'll get into, that we want to be closer to family than we are down here.
0: Yeah. Um. So we we did want to point out, like, we don't want this to just be like a Nick and Hannah be entertained by, like, what's going on in our life yeah. episode. Uh, we want it to be actionable and, and helpful. And so hopefully we're going to achieve that. Um, so we've kind of got this this episode broken up to a couple of into a couple of sections in our mind, um, and we're we're kind of going to start out with like the story of how this came about and like our process of how we came to this decision. Um, then we want to talk about like why we decided to ultimately move again, and then like kind of our six key things that we've learned through the process, and. Finish up with just some encouragement for you. Like, if you're struggling with a big decision, because the fact is, life is full of big decisions. And um, so, we just want to feel like most people probably are in the midst of a big decision or are not far from one. Well, so, we hope that this will be encouraging.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, th- the goal is we don't want to have a like, this isn't our diary to just like share yeah. whatever uh, that we're feeling. It, it really is trying to be helpful. And I think to your point, when you say the big decision thing, I mean, where you live is probably top five decisions you're going to make in your life. You know what I mean? Like you, like who you marry might be the most impactful, the bi- impactful decision that you ever make. Um, whether or not to have kids is going to be up there. But like what city you choose to build your life in.
0: Dictates a lot of other dictates things. Dictates a lot yeah. of stuff. It's and true. so
1: it's a pretty big decision. And I, it's definitely not one you want to take lightly. And I think a lot of people are probably... Mulling that decision over, especially in light of of COVID and everything that's gone on the last couple of years, it's made a lot of people really question that.
0: Yeah. Well, and the other thing there is with COVID and with a lot of jobs going remote, you have I, th- I think a lot of people have more flexibility than ever. Yeah. As far as like where they even can live. Totally. And so that's been a strange experience for Nick and I, like working for ourselves, working on an online business that can be done from anywhere it's like you really do feel like, wow, I have all these options. Like, what am I going to do? And it can be kind of hard to like— It can like, be
1: really overwhelming, I think. Yeah, yeah,
0: it can be. Like when you're not dictated by your job, like where you're going to live, it's uh, it's an awesome—it's a huge blessing. We're really thankful to have that flexibility in our location, but it, it does um, it does make it hard to work through. Yeah. And uh, hence why we did this experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay, so with that being said, we said the first section is— you know, the, the story or the process and how we kind of got here. I think the main the main thing that was different about how this last year went, and it really is right about a year because we bought the house in November 2020. And so, you know, all of 2021 was was in the house. Mm-hmm. And I think the big thing for us was that we really felt pulled in a lot of different directions. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like we ultimately ended up living two different lives in, in a big way. We really wanted to invest money into this house and fix it up, and time and time, yes. Uh, we also wanted to enjoy the town that we moved to because we love the town, so we wanted to spend time, like you know, finding friends and and building a sense of community and and going out and and doing stuff. And then also we wanted to travel and see family. The bottom line for you to understand how this affected all of our decisions is that for us to be involved uh, the way that we want to be.
0: It means being close by. It means we need to be close
1: by. Yes. And, you know, we really want to feel more, like, you use the word fixture. Like, we want to feel more like a fixture in the lives of our family.
0: Instead of an event. Instead of,
1: like, an event of, like, oh, we're in town. Great. We're here. Cool. Um, And then we're gone. With that in mind, it meant that we were traveling to Tennessee a lot.
0: Yeah. And so the way that played out was when we were here in Fairhope, most of our time was taken up with work Mm-hmm. And and then we would be like we need to be working on this house project because our house is like in total disarray, but also like we're leaving again next week and uh I would like to go downtown and do this thing and enjoy like the reason why we moved here. But really, we don't even have time for either of those things because we need to just be doing work work so that when we go visit family, we can take we can off afford to bit. take off that time. Yeah. And, and really like maximize being there because you don't want to travel and be there to just go sit in a room on the computer by yourself for the majority of the day. Um, and so, yeah, it just it felt like very felt like, incohesive.
1: Yeah, very incohesive, very much like we have our, our Alabama life and we, then we have our Tennessee life.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're they're different. They're at
0: odds with each other. Yeah, And we were just tired all the time.
1: All the time. Yeah. Uh, All the time. And, you know, when it comes to the house projects, the other thing was it really, from a financial standpoint, it really made us, I think, hesitant to to do certain house projects. It
0: did. Every decision. So every house project that would be like, oh, we'd really like to fix this room up in this way. Every single time it was like, well, but are we going to, like, are we here? Are we we really here? Are we like, Yeah. yeah, because like we probably don't need to do that. In that way, if we're not going to, like, at least be here five years. Yeah. Um, And so every every project, we kept hitting that roadblock. And we kept saying that we were here, but the roadblock was still there.
1: But it was. It was very much like, are we fixing this house for me and you? Because if so, then we're going to do these things. Or are we fixing this house to... You know, for the next person who's going to buy this house.
0: Yeah, but the other big thing is like my parents. When we bought this house, my dad was just entering into retirement. Just entered it. Yeah. And they had always kind of dreamed of retiring to this area, and so we kind of made the first move, and we're like, well, let's see, like let's, let's see if they're going to retire here. Totally. And you know, due to like we said, some other complicating circumstances, uh, they're not. They're not going to move here, and so we just kind of slowly came to the realization of like they're probably going to be where they are. So with that in mind, do is this where we want to be? Yeah. Is this the life that we want to continue
1: to build? Yeah. and the, the, So the funny thing is, right, we, we keep going back and forth on this decision. Really, for the last few months, it's been, um, are we going to be here? Are we not going to be here? Like, what are we doing? And we kept making the decision. Like, literally, we would sit down. We'd have an hour-long, more hours-long conversation about this. And we would decide. And we would go, all right, you know what? We're going to commit we are here for at least the next five years and then we will reassess.
0: And then somehow like a week and a half later, we would find ourselves in back these on the same, same conversation, conversation. Back on the
1: same conversation. And, and a lot of the time it would be like after visiting family or they were here or something like that and we get real sad. And we're like, uh, oh, what should we do? And so then all of a sudden it was like, well, we're not going to commit to five years. We will commit, you know what, 2022.
0: We'll reassess on a yearly gonna, basis. Yes,
1: we're going to commit to being here for 2022. We're going to reassess on a yearly basis kind of how things are going. But we're going to operate under the assumption that we're here. We're going to fix the house up the way we want it. That's what we're going to do. And then – Four days later, you know, it's like we're we're having the same people listening to this are like they are not
0: very bright. This took them way too long to figure out
1: (laughs) the same conversation, and you know, so eventually, then it became okay. You know what? We are going to move. We're definitely going to move to Tennessee. How do we do it? Because we have control over our work. Like we can work from internet, from the internet, from internet, from like that. <laughs> <laughs> We can work from internet. Uh, we, we can work from, <laughs> from the internet. And so, you know, do we want to like try and bust it, get this house on the market before the spring and like rock and roll? And then, or do we want to like, you know, eh, we'll still fix it up a little bit slower. Cause there are a few projects that need to get done before we can sell this thing. And we'll, we'll like, we'll do it over the next year. But like with the idea that we're definitely moving,
0: yeah. And initially, when we first came to the conclusion that we were going to move and we were going to move soon-ish, my heart was too broken to decide to do it like immediately. Yeah. So then we were like, okay, we're going to fix things up slowly, and with the the plan to sell like this time next year. Yeah. And we sat on that for less than a week. Yeah. And then it was like. Okay. It's the market is good to sell right now. I was like, say,
1: really the decision that really the decision to move fast came down to two things. One is emotionally, once you've kind of made a decision like this, especially it's hard to live in the in between. It's really hard to live in the in between. Like you're just ready to go. And you know, there are times where we where we've lived in the in between. We did that with the airstream life. We made that decision and then it took us two and a half years to be able to get into the airstream and make that dream happen. But the other thing that I wanted to mention with the story process, you know, part of this is you know, we did know that this was a possibility when we first moved here. I
0: don't remember how much we communicated that. I think I think we did like in our initial decision to buy a house, but I I don't know.
1: Well, but I, we
0: we did enter in with like a, in an with experimental mindset. An experimental
1: mindset of going like, you know, this may not be a long-term play because we might ultimately decide we want to move back to Tennessee. And, you know, okay, so again, for context, our parents live like 50 minutes from each other. Mm-hmm. And so we're very blessed that our our families and like literally all of my family is right there mm-hmm. uh, within, you know, 50 minutes of your parents. And so everybody's in Tennessee. And so we kind of knew... This was a possibility, especially over the last few months. The conversation kept coming up, and and I I would bring it up because I'm really big on not letting sunk cost affect your decisions. Yeah, you know that was something. You're very good at that. Well, that was something I learned ten years ago. That um, I think because I was so bad about it with with uh, school and you know sort of p- finishing out a degree that ultimately I wish I wouldn't have done because of sunk cost. I really learned my lesson from that. And so I'm really like very wary of that now. Yeah. So I was bringing it up, you know, hey, like, you know, we can sell.
0: I haven't learned my lesson on that. So I was like, (laughs) what's wrong with you? Don't even (laughs) say those words. We just bought this house. No, we're not going to sell it. Are you crazy? And yeah, you were smart enough to keep bringing it up. Like, hey, we keep like having all these quote unquote issues, you know, or whatever, like, Oh, we're exhausted. Oh, we felt all these different we feel pulled all these different directions and oh this feels incohesive. And okay, are we just gonna sit around and talk about it? Or are we gonna do something about yeah. it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that was my that was definitely my big thing, was like I just wanted to fix the problem. Yeah. You know.
0: And and if you I think that's a good takeaway, like if you've got something in your life that like you're continually kind of like complaining about, like really calling yourself out and going, Okay, why do I keep complaining about this? And am I going to take any action to change it? And if I'm not, then I need to stop complaining about it.
1: You need to stop complaining about it because that's what you chose is to not take action. And that was kind of – so that's what we would do. That that was where the conversation would come up because it was like, okay, well, that's – okay, we're staying. Yeah. <laughs> and so we, we would, quote, think we took action on it by making the decision to stay. Yeah. But then, you know, we kept complaining about it, if you will. And so – that's and Nick is
0: really good about calling our crap. And so whenever, calling my crap, whenever <laughs> whenever I'd be complaining about it, you know, he just kept being like, well, we don't have to do this. Yeah. So why don't we change something? Yeah. If we keep being unhappy with the outcome of whatever we've, you know, the decision we've made, why don't we change it? We can change it. Yeah. And I was very resistant.
1: Well, but for good reason, because like you said, it was, you know, we, it's we not, had some level of fear around even having the conversation in a way.
0: Yeah, because I think you know I did feel like no, like I want to be here, and I'm scared that like if we have this conversation, the outcome is going to be us not being here. Yeah, and and it was, but I really do truly feel like you know, and we're going to talk about this more later too. But I really do feel like God's like tuned our hearts to want something else, mm-hmm. and and like I truly I love fair hope still, but I don't feel heartbroken the way that I did when, when we first talked about this idea. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm really thankful for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I am too. And, and I think for anybody listening, you probably have felt things similar before where it's like, you know, that you need to sort of face something or have a conversation about a hard decision, but you avoid it because of all of these other feelings. Do you ever have, what, what's that, um, the phrase for the, like, when you can have a million thoughts at once. Like it's like mm. all of a sudden, you know what I'm talking about, where you almost experience something where it's like you experienced a whole like sequence of decision making or feelings in like an instant.
0: I know what you're talking about, but I don't know if there's a word for it.
1: Um, there's gotta be a word for it. But anyways, when we're avoiding that, it's almost because it's like we experience this feeling of like, I don't wanna feel like a failure, I don't wanna give it a sunk cost. Or or like uh, we already made this decision. I want to be here. Um, I don't want to. I'm worried about what people think. Like mm-hmm. oh, everybody's going to think you're an idiot because you bought a house that you then sold a year later, and like you have all of these like rapid fire feelings yeah. that keep you from wanting to, you know, have that decision. Yeah,
0: it doesn't feel good to face those. Mm-mm. Even even the process of going through those one by one and like you know, being like, well, that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, that doesn't matter. It still it still doesn't feel good to work through them. It's no. still like ugh
1: know oh, yeah. I think it's also really tempting to feel like we made a mistake. Mm-hmm. and I think certainly in this scenario, a lot of people would probably say that I mean'm as we record this, I'm literally looking at two pieces of plywood that I'm like, yeah, when you take that back to Lowe's because <laughs> I'm not going to use that." And <laughs> you know it's like it, it's easy to feel like we we shouldn't have done this, but I, I really feel very glad that we did it.
0: Well, it's the whole hindsight's 2020. It is. Right? It's easy to be here knowing what we know now and having experienced everything that we've mm-hmm. experienced and learned what we've learned and go like, oh, shouldn't have done that. Yep. But I'm like, but we wouldn't be here without all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so much of life is growing and, and learning through your quote unquote mistakes. And, and again, I'm not even really call, uh, comfortable calling this a mistake because me more so than you. I was not comfortable with like going from the Airstream back to Tennessee. Yeah. I was like, no, like we've always loved the beach. Mm-hmm. We've always loved it. We've always dreamed of living at the beach.
0: Yeah. You really felt like I can't just move back to Tennessee I without can't, trying I it. can't
1: just not try it. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would kick myself for, because I would always wonder like, yeah, this is cool. But like, what if? Yeah. You know, what would it have been like? And I really needed us to, to dig in and attempt it.
0: Yeah. And that being said, uh, you had a trip. What month was that trip that you did in Knoxville? Yeah. So Nick went to Knoxville in September, um, with some of his buddies and came back saying like, you know, if we decide to move back to Tennessee, I can be really happy and excited about that. And I was like, um, are you crazy? What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> I called. Well, I called you on the drive home because it was also rare for me to go up. You know, every now and again you'll go up and visit family without me, but it was pretty yeah. rare for me to do that to, to do it. But I, I had this uh, sort of men's retreat thing. Yeah. that a, a friend of mine was hosting, and we we ended up spending about a week in in uh, in the Smokies and then uh, down in the city, mm-hmm. and it was fun and it, it showed me a different side of. Of the city that I had never seen before, because Mm -hmm. normally we're always just like staying at parents' houses. We're not really doing anything in the city, right? And and you know when we were in Fairhope and and exploring it, it was just me and you, and Mm -hmm. so we get to really explore and like see all these cool things that are going on. And I just assumed like, man, Tennessee doesn't have that, you know? Yeah. Uh, But when I was there with my buddies, I really got to see a different side of it. And so I called you on the way home, and I I wasn't. I even told the guys I was like guys I think I'm kind of in trouble and they're like what and I was like this this week has kind of made me feel like I'm I'm ready to move here and, and they're like bro you just bought a house <laughs> like that
0: really kicked off this you know, this whole thing like after that you I think were you know calling out my complaining more and we like we said we're having this conversation over and over again but that really did feel like uh, the turning point that all of a sudden you you were like, I can get on board with this. Like, I can yeah. feel really excited about this.
1: yeah
0: and, and, yeah, like you said, you know, nine or ten months before that, you were saying, like, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready to make that move. Like, I really want to try this.
1: Well, um, and I do think it's interesting for anybody who doesn't live in the same town as their family, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Because when you go home for the holidays or you go to visit –
0: Well, you're focused in on visiting. You're focused in
1: on visiting. Yeah. So you don't typically do very much in the city that you're visiting. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes you don't even necessarily know all the cool things that it might have to offer. Yeah. And that was the case for us. So really to kind of maybe wrap up the, the section that tells the story, if you will, is after we really kind of made this decision and we felt like, all right, this is what we're doing, we felt a really big weight lifted. Like I know you said that there was some bittersweetness and you were kind of heartbroken at first, but there was still a really big weight that felt like
0: Well yeah, and after after I kinda processed it long enough to be like, Hey, you know, Fairhope is not going anywhere. We can come back and visit. Totally. If down the road we decide to move back here, we can move back here. Um it's not the death of Fair Hope, you know? And I, I think like kinda once I worked through just that emotional stuff of like, oh, leaving Fairhope behind and kind of leaving this dream behind for another dream, then I could definitely, I felt like, okay, I feel like, I feel a sense of peace about this decision. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, um, yeah, there's an element of me that's sad to leave Fairhope and all of our friends here. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm more excited for what we're saying yes to yeah. than I am sad about what we're saying no to.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good way to say it. So, like let me said, wake
0: Margot up because she's snoring. Yeah, every so often in our podcast episodes, Margot she she gets so ridiculous. Like she rolls over on her back and she gets all twisted up and she snores really loud. But it conveniently also kind of sounds like farting. Um,
1: <laughs> so. not a good look for the podcast. No. <laughs> like you, so like you said, what did you say? You said um, ultimately we're we're excited about what we're saying yes to. Yeah. And so I think you know to solidify our main reasons. Obviously, if it's not clear by now, the main reason is family. And what's funny is that when I think about our podcast that we did a year or so ago Mm -hmm. about, you know, however many tips to choose your location or whatever, I don't know what we called it, but, you know, about how to decide where to live, I still think that podcast was really good, even though – we're leaving the place that we live. <laughs> if I do on. say so myself. No, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <episode. laughs> it was a great show. Uh, no, what what I mean, though, is like the variables that you should consider when deciding where to live. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, when we when we chose to live here, it was like we dropped a pin on a map in, in Tennessee, in southeast Tennessee, where our family is. And it, we basically drew an eight hour, you know, radius around that and said, you know, This is our starting point. We want to be within eight hours of family. And that's how we landed here. But basically all we realized was, okay, well, that one variable was wrong. We don't want to be within eight hours of family. We want to be in the same location as family. Yeah. And so that's really the the main reason we're moving and the main reason we're excited about it.
0: And like we said, like some things have happened in between us making the decision to move here and – and realizing, like, oh, yeah, eight hours is actually a little far. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, too much. So, yeah, you know, the situation changes, and and you can change right along with it.
1: Well, and like you said, th- with the situation changing, this is also one of those things where I think it's important to pay attention to other things in your life that especially God might be doing. So, like, for us, we're really, really blessed to be able to work remotely and choose where we want to work from. And... Uh, certainly, uh, my dad can't. He builds houses for a living. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's very much much there. harder to
0: move that business. Yeah, you than can't it was you can't ours. move that
1: around. Um. You know, and so our family's not. They're not in that scenario, and we are. Mm-hmm. And so it very much felt like, okay, we're feeling pulled, and we've actually got a lot of flexibility that God has given us to be able to do that. Maybe that's not a coincidence.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I want to point out there is. There were a lot, there are a lot of elements that were like, man, we really wish that this would change and that this thing would improve and that that thing would improve and, you know, whatever. But ultimately, those things aren't in our control. And so maybe those elements will improve or maybe they won't. Uh, We don't know. But ultimately, what we have control over is what we do and where we live and so the only, the only thing that can be improved in the situation as it is right now is our location. And, and that's the only thing that can kind of make things fit together mm-hmm. better. Yeah. And um, just embracing that and not sitting around and saying, well, I wish that would change. And I wish that this would happen. And I wish that that would happen. Because um, great, but... That's not what we have anything to do with. Yeah. So let's let's focus on what we can change yeah. and make, optimize that.
1: Well, and that's like what you said earlier with the whole like calling us out on our crap, if you will. What you mentioned was, okay, we keep coming back around to this. And that was always my point was like, okay, well, we can't change other – we can't change some of that stuff. So what can we change? This. The other The other thing I wanted to mention about what we're excited about is not just the immediate future – of knowing, like, hey, we'll be closer to family, but also about the future future of, like, one day we hope to have kids of our own. And we feel pretty confident that we would like those kids to be around their grandparents and around our family. And so also knowing that if we make this decision now before we have kids – yeah, it's a pain. Like, it's a pain to move. Like, we're really, you know, when we first thought about this, we were just like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like, when we had the Airstream, it was just the camper. It's pretty easy to move. Yep. Uh, but now we have all this stuff, you know, because we furnished a house. And, and you
0: feel like an idiot because literally some of this stuff, we just,
1: we just moved bought. out. Just, like, weeks ago. Yeah. Weeks ago. Well, for Christmas time, when we were up at family, we we literally brought stuff back. Yes. And
0: now we're like, all right, load it all up.
1: Well, it's also a really (laughs) inconvenient time because my parents just sold their house and we can't even like use them as like an intermediate storage anymore because we would have definitely done that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if that wasn't the case. You know, so there's just some goofy things that are like all over overcomable over. Is that a word? Overcomable? Sure it is now. Yeah, (laughs) they're all overcomable, but um, it's just more like goofy because you're like, but
0: and you do feel like an idiot and you
1: do. But at the end of the day,
0: doesn't matter. Uh,
1: we, we do very much feel like sort of a, uh, we, we did a podcast a couple weeks ago about uh, bison and how they head into a storm rather than stick their head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. And how if you head into a storm, if you just think about it, it's going to blow past you faster. And so we do very much feel that way of like, look, let's just bite this thing off. Let's enter the storm. Let's deal with the annoying things because it would be a lot more annoying to move if we wait until we have kids and then find out.
0: Well that. Oh yeah, we want to move. That and just to reinforce that it's like yeah, it kind of creates some quote-unquote issues in the short term. Yeah. Like some extra work yep. and like things that are a pain in the short term, but all the things that we've been talking about, it it solves all those problems. So it's like yeah, facing the storm, doing some some things in the short term that are extra work and a pain and kind of feel overwhelming to then get to the other side and feel like we're living a more cohesive life with you know, the things that we value and the things that we're working on and, yeah. um, not getting pulled in so many different directions. Well, that,
1: the whole pain and the short-term pain and the long-term thing is, um, rem- reminds me of the quote that I just saw. You're either getting paid for decisions that you made years ago or you're paying for decisions that you made years ago. Yeah.
0: Before we move on, kind of the last little thing, uh, I guess that I want to emphasize is just that we wrestled with this. I think a lot of people, um, when they're faced with a big decision and they feel that flood of like, what are other people going to think? I'm going to look like an idiot and this and that and whatever. Um, And you think that you're unique in that and that other people don't, don't feel that way. And it's like, everybody feels that way. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to emphasize uh, this was really hard. This was a really hard decision for us to make. And it was, it was a really hard conversation to even open the door to having. Yeah. And um the encouraging part, I think, is that like this is something that we really have been praying about really ever since we moved here mm-hmm. because we really love Fair Hope. And I'm gonna cry saying it. <laughs> there have been several times where we've just been walking around just enjoying Fair Hope and have had the conversation of like, man, I just want to be here. Yeah and i just i really pray that like if this is not where we're supposed to be that god will just make me feel excited about something else because right now like this is just what i'm excited about and yep. this is where i want to be and i'm tearing up n- not because out of sadness but really out of just like god is so good because and he's done i mean that. honestly yeah. he has done that like yeah. um I, I do love Fairhope and I am somewhat sad to leave it, but I am so excited for the next thing and I could never have imagined that being true just even six months ago. Well,
1: even like a little example, and I know this is going to sound goofy to some people and that's fine, but you know, when what made us fall in love with this place is that we, we were basically living here in the RV right when the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And everything started shutting down. And we just found ourselves going on these long walks. And there was one Saturday where we clocked it and we walked like fourteen miles. And we would just walk and talk. And yeah. talk to random people that were talk also to out walking. People <laughs> and um walk by the bay and watch the sunset. And and um one day we were running, I'll never forget, we had jogged down to the bay and uh There were some people out in the park and just playing and it was gorgeous day. And there was this guy with his like saxophone and piano and he was like singing God Bless America and it literally felt like a movie. And it was like
0: we're both like sitting here crying,
1: like remembering (laughs) It's like, (laughs) Is this place real? Like, is this real right now? This is I didn't know places like this existed. Yeah. And and we just fell in love and you know, it, it really was hard to imagine walking away from that. And to your point, I didn't think, I didn't think we'd find anything else like that. And um, and so moving, moving back to Tennessee just felt like for a while it felt like ah oh,
0: really, it felt like it was going to be something depressing if yes. we did decide to do it. Yeah, that it was going to be like. Oh, not we're excited we're about the location at all, yeah. but we're just doing it for family. Yeah. And I think that we had kind of resolved ourselves to that, Um, that being like, okay, well, if in the future we do decide to move back, that'll just be the reality of it. And it just, yeah. you know, is what it is.
1: And I want to be careful, like not to preach some sort of prosperity gospel about like, just pray and God gives you whatever you want. Cause I don't, that's not, that's not, what, we're, that's yeah. not what we're saying, but we, we have been, we have been asking God, like, look, we want your will for our life we really do and we know that sometimes your will isn't going to be what we want and so we're just asking that if your will is not what we want that you will give us a peace
0: about leaving about
1: leaving what
0: we what we love so much yeah
1: and, and 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 help us um find excitement and find joy in whatever we whatever you call us to do next and I feel like he's 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 done that.
0: I do too, for sure. So yeah, I think that hits everything that we want to that we want to talk about there, just kind of with our personal journey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of uh, making this decision, and so now we want to get into kind of our six big takeaways, the things that we have yeah. learned.
1: Something to try to make this helpful for you if you're listening, and and especially if you're thinking about you know the overlap between money and your your financial de- or your, your big decisions. The the first takeaway is just really highlighting how important flexibility is and how having control over your money buys you flexibility and gives you the uh, option to call an audible for your life and make a change. And I think this is a really underrated reason to get your money under control. Like a lot of people will want to get their money under control to reduce stress or to just feel a little bit more uh, peace about their security, or to achieve something like buy a house or take a vacation or something. And I think, I just think flexibility is so underrated. And you know, we're, we don't always optimize for flexibility. You can't you can't make it your number one priority. We've talked about that a number of times about how you know we make decisions that aren't optimizing for flexibility. Like we have pets. Pets definitely don't optimize. For <laughs> they that. definitely cut
0: down your flexibility for <laughs> um, sure.
1: You know, once we make, once we get to Tennessee, we're not going to necessarily buy a house based on flexibility being the number one criteria. You know, there's plenty of decisions that we make that that aren't number one thing is flexibility, but it's something that we always have in the back of our mind. Yeah, and it's a main reason that we try to maintain uh, a good budget, healthy savings. And like all of the things that we preach on the show, because if the decision that you make today and what you want changes, we don't want money to be the reason that we can't make that change. Mm -hmm. We want money to be able to help us make that change.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting that. And um, I want to bring up here, well, I really just want to thank you for thinking that way because like you really are – I sound so cheesy, but like you're a a huge gift in my life. And I I think that's one of the big things that I've really looked back on. And I'm really thankful that you um, had the foresight to think this way and to think about the future and to think about like, um, hey, I see these things that I think you might want in the future. And I want to help us make the decisions now to be able to do those things And, uh, you know, we've done things where we've talked about I was the more reluctant spouse when it came to budgeting and and all that. And it's true. I was you know, there was a time when when you were trying to get us to be really frugal um, and really make some short term sacrifices. And I kind of felt like I feel like you're making us more miserable right now than we have to be like, why are you doing this? Um, and it was because it was coming from this loving place of, like I just said, you were looking into the future and going like, Hey, I think you're going to want these things. And I think these things are going to be really important. And, uh, to be able to do those, it means doing this now. And so, um, you know, thank you for, for doing that and for bringing up those conversations and for, um, for making that something that, that we talked about on a regular basis and got on the same page with. And I know that there's a lot of people that feel like, you know, they're in that place where you're not on the same page with your spouse. And it's, it's hard. Uh, We get it. But just, I guess, to encourage you, like, it can happen. And sometimes it takes longer than you want it to. And, and it is hard. And you do have to push through like tough conversations. But as as the person who was more reluctant, uh, I can, I can definitely uh, speak to the fact that I'm very appreciative that you didn't give up on that and that you kept, kept pushing us to get on the same page.
1: Well, that was nice, and I think the thing that I'm so thankful about. I'm actually going to skip ahead here. We're going to rearrange these numbers on the fly, but uh, one of the one of the other big takeaways or learnings that we had from all this is the importance of open communication with your spouse. And so, like, I really appreciate about you that I always feel like we can talk through these kind of things and can really put everything on the table and say, "All right." Like if we were really going to, you know, rethink our whole life, What's what's on the chopping block, you know? And a lot of people just can't even have those conversations. And I really appreciate that about you because I do think about the future a lot and I think about the flexibility that we might have in the future a lot. But in order to get that future that I desire— um, I've got to have a teammate who is like willing to have those conversations and and really navigate some of that. So to, to to try and give the person listening something that would be beneficial here, money is one of those things that if you are married and you are pulling, as Chip and Joanna Gaines would say, at the opposite ends of the rope, you know, with your finances, it is going to make everything worse. It's going to make everything so friggin' hard to deal with. And so <laughs> we know from we experience. know firsthand, <laughs> and and um there are some people that I coach where I mean literally I will be on a call with with somebody. Normally, if this is the situation, I don't get to talk to both people. I have to I'm only talking to one person um because the other person is just so not even ready to talk about this stuff. And and they'll tell me, okay, this is what we're dealing with. This is what we got going on. Da, 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 da. And I can't get my spouse on board. And there are times where I've literally told people, I said, listen. I think it's great you want to budget. I think it's great that you want to try and save some money and invest and pay down some debt and, like, get your financial situation together. But honestly, you got to work some stuff out in your relationship first because this is going to be like trying to push a rope. Like, you're not – it's not going to happen. And so I think at at the core, the big takeaway through a big decision, especially a big financial decision like moving – is like you've got to be able to have some open lines of communication and be able to talk through some of this stuff. And if you're not there, then stop listening to our podcast and go listen to a relationship podcast and get get some of that stuff figured out. Because to me, and the biggest the biggest piece of advice I have for anybody there is is just the importance of having empathy for the other person. Because the thing that got us together was you being able to see my perspective and have empathy for that. And say, you know what? I think that Nick is trying to think about our future. But then I had to have some perspective for you because I think it's easy for the person who wants to quote handle the money responsibly or something like that. It's easy for them to get on their high horse and sort of be like, "Well, my spouse just wants to spend money and I don't, you know." Yeah. And and I see that. I see clients say stuff like that and I'm and I always call them out and I say, "Hey, look, dude, or or, you know, do that." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll say, you know, I'm like, yeah, I hear you, but you also have no empathy for them because likely they are wanting to spend money in a certain way for, it might even be a really good reason. You know, maybe you got kids and they need stuff Mm -hmm. or maybe, um, they're trying to do something that actually they think you would enjoy um, or they're trying to like recognize that hey, you can't always sacrifice everything in the moment for the future because then what good is that? Yeah, because you're not guaranteed. You're not guaranteed tomorrow. In the yeah, you know. So there's a balance here, and I just think it's really, really important to recognize that you have to have empathy, and you need to take ownership over your own your own approach to this conversation and try to have empathy for the other person and see things from their perspective. Because especially as Morgan Housel shows in his book, uh, The Psychology of Money, how you were raised and what was going on in the world at the time you were born, and everything about the context of your life and what happens with money shapes the way that you think about money and the way that you interact with money and the way that you feel about money. And that going can be very different than... Uh, Yours is going to be very different than your spouse. And so you've got to have empathy and put yourself in their shoes and try to go, okay, well, let me think if I was raised the way they were raised. And if I had been born where they were born, if I had been born in the situation they were born into, then, you know, maybe I, I can actually, I can understand how they would think this way about money. And that gives you a lot of grace. And if both people are starting to do that, Now you can come together and have a productive conversation, but if your spouse is unwilling to do that, then you've got to go the extra mile and really have some grace and empathy uh, and show them by example what that looks like, and then you draw them, you know, to the middle.
0: Yeah. Um, If there was one kind of action step that I would say, like, you know, we talk about with goals, you know, like, okay, what's one thing that you can do today? What's one small thing that you can do to get closer to achieving that goal? Um. With open communication, I think the thing to me is there's a quote, and I don't know who said it. I don't know if it was Seth Godin or who, but somebody said something about creativity and you have to clear the creative faucet. Yeah,
1: that's Seth Godin.
0: Is it Seth Godin? Okay. And so the idea is like, don't be afraid to make bad art or make something that's ugly or whatever. Like you just have to get that out so that the good stuff can flow out too. I think that same thing is true in like relationships and conversations, like you clear the conversational faucets, you know, and what that means is have those little nothing small talk conversations of how was your day? How was this? How was that? You know, clear, get all that out. And um, because you have to get all that out and then you have to get some probably not so great conversations out, too, of, like, butting heads and stuff Mm -hmm. to be able to get to the good stuff. Like, you don't just get to cut straight to, like, these great productive conversations. It just doesn't work that way.
1: Well, and also, like, you've got to process it. So, like, with you, I would notice, okay, you're really upset because family just left or something. And I would start poking at you, like, hey, what's going on? You know, what's happening? And you've got to, like, push that, that you know, muddy muddy water through the faucet first and, like, process all that stuff. Yeah before we can have an actual productive conversation of, like, should we move?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So, you know, it's not just like, oh, you have to do that to, like, get your relationship to a point where you can talk about these things. It's like, that's an ongoing thing. Yeah. You're totally right. So, like, even now, I feel like we're pretty good at talking through things. But you tend to be – I feel like we're kind of reversed of, like, the stereotype. I feel like you tend to be more of a talker mm-hmm. and, like, more ready to have conversation than I am. And – so yeah, you would push me and I would there were times when I was like, I'm just not even I'm just like not even ready to talk about this. I don't even know like what my thoughts are about this, like I don't know. And you not in a in a pushy way, but you would, you know, let it rest and then revisit it or whatever. And you were really good about being consistent about that so that eventually we did get down to the root of like, Hey, these things keep coming up over and over again and these elements of the situation are not changing. So do we want to change what we can to to improve it? And that's
1: how we got here. So yeah, so that's the second second takeaway is just how important the communication is. The the third learning or takeaway is to really not get caught up in failure about whether or not a decision was right or wrong. Because yeah. I don't think it's a failure to learn. This kind of goes back to what I said earlier about like a mistake. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a failure to learn and experience something and then adapt. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter matter whether it is or isn't, you know. Mm-mm. Like what, like you said, what's important is that, okay, we tried it. We learned some stuff from it. And now we can take that and, and use it in the next thing that we do. Totally. Um, I mean, because
1: like th- sometimes things just don't work out, you know. Like, you think you're going to do something, you try it, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that you are a failure. It just means that, okay, something went differently than how I thought it was going to go. Yeah. And I think the biggest, if anything, is a failure. I think the failure is not acting. It's it's simply maintaining the status quo once you have realized that you actually um, are, not, are no longer happy with the decision. Yeah. Because I think that's... I see it all the time in careers, especially if somebody's like, well, I went to school for this. I do this for a living now. I hate it. I don't like it, but it is what it is. I wish I wouldn't have made that call. Oh, well. And I think that is a failure, not on the initial decision, but a failure to then change the decision because I think people get really upset with the decision that they made and they're complaining about it, but then they don't want to do anything to change it. And so to me, that's the failure
0: yeah I agree. I think the other thing um this might be a little bit of a tangent or a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I, I feel like it ties in here along with the failure piece is the identity piece. Mm-hmm. and we've talked about this before, but you know, as Christians, we believe that like our identity is in Christ, and everything else is just an identifier you yeah. know um it's it's not our identity, so yeah, we're you're a YouTuber but that's not who you are. Yeah,
1: well, we, we do that about a number of things, right? So our careers, we do that about the city that we live in, the state that we live in, the country that we live in. Yeah. Like those all become these like, well, I'm uh, Identifiers, I'm from Alabama, yeah. You know? I, like, uh, or I'm a beach person. I live near the beach, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever.
0: Yeah, and so I had some major uh, hangups around selling this house before – before i fixed it up because so like i see myself as like i am i am a project person and well, yeah, i you am be, you
1: want to be artistic you yes. be crafty
0: and like i love thinking about like how i want to decorate our house and how our our space whether that's the airstream or you know an actual house or whatever and um doing it so that you know, it, we feel good. And like, it's a space that we enjoy being in. And it facilitates like all these things that are important to us. Um, and so I definitely, that is something that's an identifier that I can sometimes let cross over into being an identity thing. Mm-hmm. And I like really have to keep that in check, you know. And so I definitely noticed like, I felt called out in that when we did start talking about selling this house, it felt like a hit to my identity because I had failed at realizing the vision, the long-term vision that I had for this house because the situation had changed yeah. and um, I didn't want to fail at that. And so there was part of me that wanted to hang on to this house and like just keep moving forward with the original plan just so that I, that I didn't have that failure, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and that hit to my identity. But that's not my identity, and so it's okay. Yeah, like yeah, this was a failure. I didn't get to see this house become the dream vision that I had for it. Um, so in that way, it was a failure, but that's okay. Maybe maybe the next one will work out.
1: Things changed. Yeah, you know. So that leads perfectly into the next the next like learning, if we will, which is you only have the information that you have, and you have to make a decision based on the information that you have. So it goes back to like to me, failure is is inaction. If we take action, we, we tried and we learned then we'll take action on something else. And at the end of the day, with any big decision, you only have the, dis- the information that you had. And so just like what we're talking about with the podcast episode on moving, we had a number of variables that we asked ourselves about and we answered all those questions based on the information that we had in our life at the time. And then some of that, inf- and, and then we made a decision and then some of that information changed. Mm-hmm. And so then our decision changed. And that's okay. And we have to have some level of grace for ourselves, of going like, look, we made the best decision that we could at the time based on what we knew. We couldn't have anticipated it. Now, yes, sometimes we can anticipate things. You know, you don't want to stick your head in the sand and there are certain decisions that you can anticipate. But there are some things that you can anticipate and you have to have some level of grace for the decision that you made because you made um, what you thought was the best decision. It's all you can do.
0: Yeah. So speaking of like taking action, doing something and then learning from it and then
1: doing something different. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that this experience showed me is like uh, knowing the difference between like work stuff and fun stuff. And so, like I said, house projects, all of that stuff. That is fun for me um but our work which i i enjoy our work don't hear me say that i don't like i love that we get to work together and i love what we do and um all of that but part of that work is putting together youtube videos and so when we got this house i was like this is great we'll do youtube videos on renovating this house but the problem is making videos takes a lot of time and so effort so
1: much time
0: and it makes Whatever you're doing, whatever project you're doing, take a lot longer to try to set it up for a YouTube video or whatever. And so that just added this layer of resistance with projects, and and it added to like feeling overwhelmed. And so one of the things that I learned, um, the next house that we get, I'm not gonna try to, I'm not gonna try to do that. Like enjoy
1: the house. We're for what already,
0: it is. Yeah, yeah, we're already trying to do a lot of YouTube videos and already putting a lot of time in that area. And uh, so I'm not going to add house stuff into that bucket. Um, well, I think
1: the tempting thing for especially online business owners is when you learn how to make money online, it can be very tempting to feel like all of your hobbies now need to start making money. Because well, you
0: see opportunity everywhere. You do.
1: And so you're like, oh, I, do I could videos about do that. a video about that and then I can yeah. make money on that. And so all of a sudden, every, you know, like I've thought about that with Ultimate Frisbee and like, you know, all of a sudden everything that you do, you're like, oh, I could do it channel on this. And it's like, no, it's okay to like, let your hobby be your hobby and let your work be your work.
0: Yeah. So, um, I might share some pictures going forward of things that we do or whatever, but I'm not going to try to make like a big elaborate video for it.
1: Yeah. So the last learning or takeaway that we wanted to really share, and I think to me, this is the, the peak, the, the, the mountaintop moment takeaway, if you will. And that is, With really big decisions like this, you have to ask yourself how cohesive that decision is with your other priorities. And I think it's really important to take stock of that. This is something that Michael Hyatt talks about with his SMARTER goal framework. So SMART is an acronym that people use for goal setting. Michael Hyatt added on an ER to the end of that, kind of made his own thing. The final R in that goal setting framework is relevant. And the way he explains it is that Yes, it's great to set goals and you need to set goals, but you need to do a gut check at the end and ask yourself, is this relevant with all of my other goals? And so the example that he might give would be if you are setting a goal to get in the best shape of your life and you're going to eat really healthy and spend a lot of time working out and preparing meals and like really just crushing it in your health. And then you, you have another goal that's like, I'm going to be the I'm best. I'm going to 10X my business yeah, this year. Yeah, I'm going to 10X my business this year and like grow it like crazy. And, uh, you know, it's going to take a ton of hours, but I'm going to make it happen. And then you have like another goal. It's like, I'm going to be the best dad and husband I've ever been. And I'm going to do a date night every every week with my wife. And I'm going to do a date with my kids each week as well. And like, uh, you know, look, all three of those goals are not cohesive. <laughs> like, yeah, like And they're all great. They're, they're all, all great, great goals. goals. But- but you're going to have to pick. And and there are seasons in your life where maybe you do push that health one really high. And then you kind of you know make it a baseline. And then you go push some other area of your life.
0: Yeah, you push something and then put it on autopilot That's right. so that you can focus on something else. <laughs> That's right.
1: But you can't you can't do it all. And one of the things we found was like buying a fixer-upper house this far away from family wasn't cohesive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we may not buy another fixer-upper well, house.
0: And so when we when we started talking about selling and moving, we were like, okay, well, what what kind of house are we going to be looking for? Do we like need to not do a fixer-upper? And, and really trying to examine that, and it was like, okay, a fixer-upper in this situation was not cohesive, and we had some goals that were not relevant to each other um, living here in Fairhope. But in Knoxville, that actually feels like it can fit in and be part
1: of some yeah, cause we're not gonna be traveling relevant goals
0: yeah because yeah. initially our gut reaction was like okay we need to just not get a fixer-upper and we we're like well no that's not true because like we we actually do i think i think one of my favorite things about our relationship is being able to work on projects together yeah and um i loved the process of working on the airstream together like it was so much fun and i i think that I think that we're at our best when we're doing things like that, you know, and even like working on this business together. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to just not have an element of that. Like, I don't want to just move into like a turnkey house that we're not going to do anything to, Yeah, you know, which let's get real. We're never going to do that. We're always going to be <laughs> doing some sort of like decorating kind of thing. But yeah, it, after we looked at it, it did feel like, okay, well, no, that, that wasn't a fit in this scenario because of X, Y, and Z but we're totally changing the situation so now it might be a fit kind of depends on what comes on the market and you know all how the how the whole how the cookie crumbles
1: it does so. it, it does and with that in mind what's helpful what's been helpful for this through this process has been like really helping us solidify what are our top priorities and making sure we're optimizing for those first and then you know building the other things around it and making sure our other you know types of houses or whatever cohesively align. Because I was even thinking like, okay, well, what would make sense if we, like, if we wanted to stay in Fairhope, what, what would need to happen for that to make sense? Right. And one is like, okay, well, we want to see family often. If we had been cool with seeing family, like twice a year,
0: then it wouldn't staying here would have been here, a big deal. deal like
1: like traveling is not that big a deal, but we want to see them a lot more than that. So that's not going to work. And then the other piece for us is like pets are a really major hindrance So if we didn't have any pets at all, no cats, no dogs, then traveling to see family often wouldn't have been as big a deal because we're fairly close to an airport and it's not that expensive. Actually, we spend more on gas probably than we do on flights. But with pets, we can't do that. Right. So we're not just going to hop on a plane and fly up there, but we're unwilling to get rid of our pets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not going to happen either.
0: Also, like if we weren't trying to grow the business, if totally. we were just like, hey, let's just kind of hold just steady, autopilot. And just do the yeah. thing, you know, whatever, that would have been another element that, that could have made it a, a better fit to live in Fairhope. But again,
1: that's not it either. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was helpful for us to really learn what our top priorities are, what we want to optimize for. And then the other variables will tweak. Like, we love the beach. We love the beach. We love the the outdoors. We love walking around. And so then when it was like, okay, well, in Knoxville, there's no beach, but how can we try to optimize uh, for the outdoorsy stuff? You know, the outdoorsy Mm -hmm. uh, things that we like to do, the walking around that we like to do. And turns out there's some places in Knoxville that that we we can do do that. that. And so we're really excited about that. And so- I think to me, the takeaway, again, is just really trying to get clear on what those top values and priorities are and then trying to make sure that when you're making a big decision, it's cohesive with that.
0: Yeah. Um, Side note, I think one of the things and I think we've talked about this and we've talked about like air streaming and and kind of what that experience taught us, you know, and I think one of the big things that came out of our time in the RV was learning to appreciate all of these different places for their differences. For what they offer, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not moving to Knoxville going like, oh, Fairhope's so much better because of this and that and whatever. It's like, you no, know, Fairhope's over here, and it has all these things that we really love. And Knoxville's over here, and here's all these things that we love about Knoxville. And so just like appreciating things for what they are.
1: Yeah, so I think there maybe the extra little bonus takeaway is if you've never traveled much if you've kind of just always been wherever you're at then i don't know that you can fully appreciate um what it feels like to embrace an area for for what it is and i think that's the coolest part of what the rv life taught us yeah
0: the heart the heart of what we're getting at in, it here is that we have had the conversation of there's literally like like everywhere we go, we normally end up finding something that we like about it. Yeah. So we went to, we stayed in Hohenwald, Tennessee. (laughs) I had never
1: heard of Hohenwald, Tennessee. a tiny little place. And
0: it sounds suspiciously close to Hole in the Wall, Tennessee. Yeah. But um, we went there and it's kind of super small, like not a whole lot happening. And we were like, Hohenwald is great. Like we really enjoyed our time in Hohenwald. We were like, we would totally go back to Hohenwald. Yeah. Um, And so I do think that that is a, uh, that's a skill I think to develop is like being able to appreciate things for what they have to offer yeah so that was a little bit of a another rabbit hole I feel like I am leading us down a lot of rabbit holes that's in this okay. episode That's all right so where where are we coming back to
1: well I we can kind of move on I think from the learnings to just some some brief encouragement before we wrap up and that is really just to anybody who is in the process of making a big decision, which I think is probably a lot of people, especially over the last couple of years as it relates to COVID and we're kind of rethinking a lot of what you're doing, is I would I would just really just encourage you to, to not be discouraged if you make a mistake in that decision or you make a decision and then later find out, actually, wish I would have chose something else. Like, that's okay. And I want you to just totally ignore the critics who say, I told you so. And what's weird about the critics is – you can almost let critics affect your decision before you've even made it if you're not careful. Because you can start worrying, like, well, what are people gonna think? I mean, we even did that with this like I think this podcast, if we're not careful, we can let it make we can let it affect our decision making because it's like <laughs> we literally recorded a podcast and put it out there to the world telling them that this is how to decide where to live and this is where we ended up and it's great. And then now we're, we're changing, you know? And so I think it can be really, really uh, easy to let critics and the worry of what they might say of saying, I told you so or whatever, you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can let that affect you. And I just think that that is totally not the way to, to go about it. And um, I wanted to read the first two sentences of, uh, the quote from Teddy Roosevelt, the man in the arena, which I love, and uh, the first two lines he opens up with is, it's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena. And then he kind of goes on to, you know, talk about what that man is like. But the point is, to me, we have been in the arena trying to make decisions over the last couple of years, and for the people who are listening, making big decisions in their life, trying to make some changes, who might have people in their family or their friends or coworkers criticizing those decisions. Listen, they don't count. Like You're the one in the arena trying and failing and getting back up and figuring it out. And that's that's what matters.
0: Yeah. And if you're trying to like make a big decision or thinking about making a big change, even if that's just like, hey, I've been mismanaging my money and now I want to now I want to change and like really take control of this, um, and you start getting overwhelmed by oh my gosh what is so and so going to say about that or they're going to say this or they're going to think this and you know this is going to happen and you get overwhelmed by all these negative thoughts and feelings. Um, that's totally normal and we all do that and and just push through those. I just want to encourage you to push through those and really examine for yourself like what you think you need to be doing and and what you want to be prioritizing and working on and not letting those negative thoughts keep you from even examining it further
1: totally so you know speaking of being in the arena and trying things out yeah we're making a big change but I'm really glad that we tried it and I just kind of wanted to rapid fire list some decisions for why we're happy that we
0: wait a list of decisions list of reasons
1: yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the reasons why the we're reasons. glad the, the reason i wanted to rapid fire a list of reasons why we're glad that ultimately we we made took, the decision
0: yeah so um this was not the most efficient route to end up moving to Knoxville to be close to family we have we have taken the scenic route yes to come to this decision and here are the reasons why we're glad we took the scenic <laughs> route uh
1: so first and foremost uh we now know what it's like to buy a house Yeah. Uh, This was our first house we ever bought. And
0: I was clueless.
1: And I thought I knew, (laughs) you know,
0: I thought I knew like the general process. I
1: didn't. No, me didn't. And
0: and now I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, we can do this because it works this way and, you know, whatever.
1: We also know what buying a fixer upper entails and that there's some level of delusion that you need to have in order to buy a fixer upper. And we now know a lot more of what a fixer upper fully involves. Yep. And we'll, if we, we'll whatever be able we enter into, whether or not we want to do that,
0: yes. <laughs> and we'll know that we're bringing some element element of being delusional into it, and it's all uh, good. The
1: other, so probably my biggest reason for why I'm glad we did it is that we're not going to have regret. Mm-hmm. Like to me, I. Uh, Jeff Bezos is famous for having a line about how he optimizes for regret minimization, which I just think is a great line. Mm-hmm. And that would have been me. Like if we would have moved to Tennessee straight from the RV, I would have been going, "But what if?" Yeah. Like if what we if, had
0: moved, would they have moved? You and know, like then our life uh, would have been like this. It wouldn't be that
1: big a deal, you know, all this stuff. And and I, I just would have wondered what it would have been like to live here. And I'm glad that we now know. Yeah, we, we know. We also made a lot of great friends. We tried a lot of new things and new places. And I feel like we really grew both in our hobbies and our interests and like uh, our working out is way better this year. Yeah. And I think that uh, Fairhope has a lot to do with that. Mm-hmm. You've gotten into pottery, which is something that I don't know that would have happened if we had gone straight to Tennessee. Well, it was very
0: accessible here. It yeah. was, like, really close by, and it's small community, so it's kind of, you know, easier to kind of g- get to know some of the people and get into it. And um, I think that would be a little bit more overwhelming in a big place like Knoxville. But now that I'm, I've gotten started with it, that I'll carry that
1: totally. with me, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it, you know, ultimately it was a really good practice for us in making, making big decisions together. You know, I think for us, I feel very confident that this is not the last big decision we make in our life. And likely we will have bigger decisions to make in the future together as a couple. And to me, this is like, all right, you know, like we have gone through a big decision together mm-hmm. and we navigated it. Now we'll, Will likely have bigger decisions to make in the future, and we will have learned from this and be able to better uh, be be better prepared for that, yeah,
0: it's good practice, good practice. Um, and like we said, you know, like in the grand scheme of things, deciding to move and leaving a house to buy another one and all of that stuff, like it's it's so like small that's not like, you know, it's not like a major problem that we're navigating totally. through or, you know, whatever. yeah, like, dealing with a serious illness or anything like that. Um, And so it can kind of, like, feel silly to talk about it and talk about it in a, I don't know, what am I trying to say? In, like, a, like, it's a huge thing. Like a big way, yeah. Yeah. Um, But I do think that, like, in small little life things, you know, like, God cares about the small little life things, too. And so I think it's been, it's been, um... A blessing, I guess, to to see like God's goodness through all of this, because like, I mean, really, when we've decided to move to Fairhope, we found a house that we were moving forward on. We're under contract. We're supposed to close on. And three days before closing, Hurricane Sally put a tree through the roof, put several trees through the roof, and that house did not work out. That house was not in the best location, Mm-mm. and it would have been harder to sell. Way
1: harder than to this sell. house,
0: and so I am really thankful. And we were also trying to do a construction loan wrapped up into the mortgage to do some major so renovations a, on that, which would have been fine if we were if we, if we were gonna lived there, there for a yeah. longer time. And at the time, we thought we were, you know, like we thought like yeah, we'll be here at least five years, um, but that changed. And, and
1: the fact that every project that we've done on this house has been, I don't know that we'll fully get our money out of it, but it's been exterior yeah. and curb appeal increasing and things that will help the house sell. So,
0: yeah. So, so again, you know, just that first blessing of what we thought we wanted that first house, it didn't work out. And that was heartbreaking. We were heartbroken totally when that did not work out. And now, seeing in hindsight, like, oh my gosh, I'm so thankful that that didn't work out and that we ended up with this house that's in a much more ideal location. And, and then, like you said, like I, um, I almost was beating myself up for starting on outside projects uh, just like six months ago. I was like, why did I do this? Like, why did I have us do this? Like, We should have started on the inside because that's the space that we're living in. Well, then when you called our real estate agent and you were talking to him about putting this house on the market, he was like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do any more than like what you've done on the inside, which he doesn't know what we've done, but he's like, don't focus on the inside. Like you know, the house is a project, and it's going to be a project, and so just don't even worry about it. Yeah. Where you want to put your money is the curb appeal and doing stuff on the outside. And it was like, wow, he didn't know that's what we had done. Yeah. but it's like, oh, awesome, that's what we've done. So we've already you know,
1: anyway, um, so we lucked out there. In a yeah, big
0: way. and I, I really feel like you know God's been looking out for us through this whole thing, and you know we're excited. For what's for what's next, yeah. and um, and we've been reminded throughout throughout the process of like God cares about the little things, and like He's got a better plan. And sometimes what we think we want is not what we actually need, and what needs to happen. And so, you know, it's okay.
1: Well, I think that's a, a perfect place to end it. So. The last little comment we were going to make is that we are going to take a break from the podcast for a little bit. We definitely are coming back. Like this is something we love doing. It's a huge part of what we love doing. It's one of my favorite parts of what we do. But just through, we got we got a lot of projects. We need <laughs> to finish up on this house. <laughs>
0: Have a lot of things,
1: and uh, we need to get moved um, and figure out w- what we're doing with stuff.
0: And we're trying, we're trying to get that done fast. Fast. Yeah. So uh,
1: over the next few weeks, we're going to be um heads down and we will our goal is to get this podcast back up and running when once we've listed the house on the market because once we get the house listed things will be somewhat settled so just kind
0: of sitting around and waiting kind of sitting yeah. around and
1: waiting at that point so yeah. um that's our plan our goal would be you know to check back maybe by the end of March and um hopefully we'll be back so as always thank you so so much for listening it really does mean the world to us i hope that this episode with all its meandering, has been helpful for you. <laughs> we in some meander way. a
0: lot; it's not just this episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, if you ever have any questions or need anything at all, you know, please shoot us an email: nick at map.money.com. Thank you again for listening, and uh, we'll see you probably in a month or two.
0: Yeah, seriously, thank you. Uh, we'll be back.